It is awesome fall Sunday morning. What an I love waking up cooler weather, cooler temperatures. Hopefully, if you are a fall lover, you are enjoy. This is the season I live for. I absolutely look forward to it. I like the uh, change in the leaves and change of the temperatures, and it means that Christmas is around the corner. All right, so I'm a big uh, Christmas lover. Take your Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Then those kids, they were amazing on stage. And I always tell moms and dads, don't get upset if your kid acts up on the, uh, on the stage. They're going to act just like their dad. Uh, they're going to cut up. They're going to they're gonna do something crazy. They're going to embarrass you. And, uh, but that's part of it. That's part of it, uh, enjoying that season of life and uh, uh, looking forward to seeing them grow up in church and seeing them grow in their relationship with Christ. This is the beginning of Missions Week. Today through next Sunday is what we're calling Mission Week. We're using it as an opportunity for each one of us to capture what is God do, wanting to do over the next 12 months in our church to reach the nations. As we look at the responsibility of declaring uh, the name of Jesus in the triangle and in the world, that's really our, our vision statement and and why we are here, what we're seeking to accomplish. How do we accomplish that over the course of a year? What does that look like in the life of a church uh, and, and making an impact with the gospel uh, around the world? And I believe we're going to experience greater things this year as we ask God, hey, God, what do you want to do in my life? How do you want to use me to impact my city my community, my workplace, my school, how can you use me to impact the nations of the world? We're going to talk about that over the next couple of Sundays. And I want us to see what God can do if each of us are praying and seeking the heart of God in the matter of missions. Over the last couple of months, we've had uh, heard directly from two missionary partners that our church partners with in Nicaragua. Melissa Smith uh, grew up in our church uh, she was a homegrown missionary and uh, grew up in Wake County schools. And uh, mom's a Wake County uh, public school teacher. Uh, dad works at NC State. I mean, God bless him. He went to Carolina. He works at NC State. But uh, she grew up in this church and hearing the gospel, hearing the call to go and share the good news of Jesus. She had opportunities as a teenager to. Uh, go on overseas mission trips with our church and never underestimate the power of what God wants to do through his people. As Melissa went to, to Canada, as she went to uh, Nicaragua, as she went to different places around the world, she had opportunity to be exposed to the, the greater uh, picture of what God is doing through his church in reaching the nations. I remember that, that she went off to App State and was studying to be a teacher and she said, Pastor David, there's something inside of me. I still feel like God is going to use me one day as a missionary. And I was like, hey, just keep praying and just keep seeking the heart of God. And every summer she would come home from college and she would go on an overseas mission trip. And she was uh, just plugged in and, and seeing God at work. And it wasn't just for a week or two. It was for like a month. And then the next thing you know, it was two months. And Two and a half months, and then she had to come back, and she was teaching here in Wake County. And I remember just corresponding with her through the, the, through the summertime and through the, throughout the year, and just hearing the story of how God would begin to work in her life. 
One, one day she sat down with me in my office and she said, the time has finally come. She said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to renew uh, as a Wake County teacher. She said, I believe God is calling me to the mission field. And I believe he wants me to go to Nicaragua. And I believe that he wants me to serve uh, in a school there in Nicaragua, at Nicaragua Christian Academy. And, uh, I've been there many times. We've been going to Nicaragua since 1998. And so I watched a young lady who sat right where you're sitting. God began to capture her heart for the nations and direct her path. And she was willing to step outside of her cultural norms, step out to a, a world that's vastly different than ours, speaks a different language than most of us speak on an on average everyday basis. And she was willing to go where many people aren't willing to go. And I watched her uh, forsake all of the conveniences of home. I mean, uh, we're lucky today. They have Wi-Fi down there, which they didn't have several years ago, but you can stay connected. But it was neat just to see her say, you know what, if, I, if it means uh, I may not uh, get all of the conveniences of home, I can't be there for all the birthdays and anniversaries and everything of my friends and family, she said, that's okay because God is calling her to serve. And really there's no words to describe the joy it brought to me as, a, as her pastor to hear what God was teaching her and showing her. This Sunday, we're going to unpack what it means to be a church that declares the name of Jesus in the triangle in the world. And how do we do missions? Is it a percentage of our budget? Is it something that we just mail a check to Nashville and they distribute it to all the missionaries around the world? Or is it something that we support agencies and we just expect them to do all the work? I always say we take a very much of a boots-on-the-ground approach to missions. We want you to engage in the process of making disciples here at home, but we want you to also consider, as an American citizen, you have the opportunity with a U.S. passport to go places that no one else, many people in many other countries of the world don't have that freedom, and the luxury to travel and represent the Church of Jesus Christ on a foreign mission field. I want you to consider this morning, is that something God would have for me? Is that some, uh, hey, we can travel. Uh, we were on a mission trip one year, and uh, a whole bunch of us were flying out of RDU, and uh, I remember meeting this couple, and they were from Raleigh, and they were at RDU, and they were sitting in the terminal, and they said, uh, they asked us, we all had matching shirts on, and we, I think we were headed to Nicaragua that particular time, and and she said, well, we're going on a mission trip to, and she said, Jamaica. And, and anyway, it was not a mission trip, but she was kidding with me. She said, no, we, we, she told the name of her church, and she said, but we'll tell Jesus about, somebody about Jesus while we're in Jamaica. And we were laughing and having a good time. I said, but don't underestimate how God might want to use you. Don't underestimate the, the impact that you can have in Mexico on, on a uh, Cancun trip, on a, on a trip to the Bahamas, and impact the nations with the gospel. In Luke chapter 10, the word of God says, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I love what he says in John chapter 20. Verse 21, he says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Christ is reminding us. He's called us to go. He's called us not to sit back and just allow everyone else to do the work, but he wants us to engage. He wants us to have skin in the game. And you and I are the laborers that God has chosen to reach the world for Christ. And we're chosen instruments 
vessels which he wants to communicate his love and grace and mercy. And I, I love it. It's this church, this people, we've been called to carry forth the Lord's work. As we go out, that work, it, it really happens on two different fields. The local field where, we're, where we live, but it also happens on the global field. It happens not only in our community, in the triangle, but it happens around the world. And if you've noticed at all lately, God is bringing the world to our doorstep. Every Sunday, we have more and more people walking through our doors. And I'm asking, where did you move from? And all over the world. A a family was, uh, I forget the, the country in Africa they were from. They just moved into a neighborhood right up the street from us. Uh, India, uh, China, places all over the world, and God is bringing them to our doorstep, folks. We have the privilege to reach the nations, even from right here in Wake County. Uh, Ten years ago, we put the, the turning lane in in front of the church for people to get in on Sundays and during the week. We had a sidewalk that we, we jokingly called the sidewalk to nowhere. It stopped at the end of our property. That was... Ten years ago, church, today there literally is going to connect to hundreds, if not thousands of people that can walk up and down. And the people that drive up and down this street, we have an impact either for good or for evil. God has called us to make an impact with the gospel. Pastor Fabio was here last month and many of you got a chance to meet him. We have an, He answered the call and began to plant churches in Managua, Nicaragua. He began, to, they planted seven churches out of uh, Redeemer Church in Nicaragua. They are ministering to over 800 kids through Compassion International. And folks, when we support missions globally, we get to have an impact, not only locally, but we get to impact the nations of the world. Pastor Omar is in the process uh, here, uh, they're in the process of planting their second church they went and planted one in Matagalpa, Nicaragua, and now they are going about 30 minutes outside of the city to another village, and God has already provided a place for them to meet, a home for them to meet in, and they're planting a second church. We went down and trained them on small groups, and they have discipleship small groups just like we have here, and they're making an impact and reaching their city and their nation with the, with the gospel of Jesus. David and Sarah Carroll Grew up in, Dave grew up in Michigan. His father is a, uh, a, a doctor in Michigan. And God began to stir his parents' heart. And they began to take mission trips uh, as he was a teenager. They went to Africa. They went to China. They went all kinds of places around the world and, and went on mission teams. God began to stir David's heart for the jungles of Brazil. And, and uh now, while he was in college, he met Sarah, and they were studying for ministry, and God began to direct their path toward missions. They moved to the jungles of Brazil and lived on the Amazon River, and really, for several years, it was like a wild adventure, and uh, it was crazy to, you know, to see the, how God, but now they're more in the interior, they're in a, in a city of Arcaverge. They planted a church there about six years ago. Their church has now planted another church. A team from our church of 16 of us, 17 of us, in 2019 went down and helped plant that new church in Chapanatinga. Today, I'm happy to report they have their own building 
and they're thriving. They have small groups. They're meeting and they're making an impact with the gospel of Jesus. Dave and Sarah are doing a fantastic job. They will be here next Sunday, and Dave is going to be sharing live uh, from the field what God has done through that church plan and how it's revolutionizing their, their ministry. Greg and Wendy Mann have planted multiple churches in the country of Guyana, South America. Greg and I went to college together. He's much older than me. I'm, I'm, I like to joke with him about it. A few years older than me. But, uh, he, uh, God had used him to go to Guyana, and they planted churches, went through some health issues, had to come home for a few years. Now they're back in Guyana, and they're also on the river, and their ministry is so amazing as they are planting churches in all these villages uh, in the river, along the river of, of Guyana. And folks, it's awesome to see how God is raising up men and women just like you to go and take the gospel to the nations. We cannot all be on the mission field. We can't all live there. In fact, some of us can't physically go, but all of us can be a part of making disciples of Jesus in the nations. Our mission is to lead and create disciples of Jesus. And Matthew chapter 24 says in verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. You and I have a huge responsibility. Folks, the gospel of the kingdom is talking about the kingdom of God. It's about the reign of God. It's about the triumph of, of King Jesus over sin and death and judgment and Satan and guilt and fear. It's good news, not that we reign as kings, but that our God reigns. As we sang this morning, he won't fail us. He won't fail us. I'm telling you, this week, as I was going through some different struggles and, and helping some families in our church who are going through some deep waters, that song kept coming back to me. He's not going to fail. He will not fail. When all of the things of this world fails, Jesus does not fail. The aim of preaching the gospel is that the nations might know Jesus that they might worship him and honor him and trust him and ultimately declare his name. Over, and over the Bible declares that God does what he does so that his name might be proclaimed in the earth. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 4, make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. And folks, that's why we exist to exalt and worship him. Psalm 57 verse 5 says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Why do we join together to support the work of men and women that we don't know so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus in places that we may not physically ever go so that they can be introduced to a personal relationship with Jesus? Go with me on a mission trip one time. What you will see will blow everything out of the water as far as the American church goes. One of the trips that we took to, uh, to uh, Northeast India, we got to the, the town of Consortum, and it's up on the side of the mountain, and at 9 p.m., they start talking over loudspeakers and announcing that church is going to be starting in a few minutes. And people came in literally by the hundreds. We had church Friday night at 9 p.m. 
I'm telling you, there was something so electric in that building that you can't manufacture. Man, it was so awesome to see the experience and the, the presence of God. And folks, go to one of these places and see for a change what God is doing outside of the U.S. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, though, Paul is challenging the church. He says, all of us can be praying, all of us can be giving, and all of us, in a way, can be going as well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul is talking about how to support missions, how to fund declaring the name of Jesus to the nations. And I want to read our text at the beginning of verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It will be on the screen. You can look along in your Bible as well. It says in verse 1, we want you to know, brothers, that the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy, their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. They gave according to their means, as I can testify, beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in love, in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Shall we pray together? Heavenly Father, Lord, for the next few moments, Lord, as we just reflect on your word, God, may you speak to our hearts and challenge us. Show each one of us what it is that you want to accomplish in and through us. How we can be involved in reaching the nations with the gospel. Lord, I pray there's many of us that really need to get serious about praying for our missionaries, praying for those that are on the foreign fields. God, we need all of us to be giving and, and, and having a part in making it possible. But Lord, I believe even more you want us to go. God, would you speak to our hearts this morning and challenge us? Maybe change our minds, change our hearts on these areas and allow us to see the importance of what you want to accomplish through your church. We'll give you all the glory in your precious name. Amen. What does it mean to support missions? What does it mean to have a heart for missions? We must have a willing heart. And in our text here in 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing and he says, A willing heart is so vital if you're going to reach the nations, if you're going to see uh, uh, people come to faith in Jesus Christ, we've got to be willing. The Macedonian believers were suffering from great poverty. And these Christians were already in a financial straits due to great persecution, due to exclusion. And it had a series of earthquakes and crop failures. And, and so they were in a state of deep poverty. However, in spite of their poverty... They were willingly collecting offerings to do the Lord's work, to reach the nations. And folks, in verse 2, it says, we see the abundance of joy, their extreme poverty, had overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Paul was so moved by their love and their willing hearts. He, he was so moved by all of this, he taught every church that he helped plant along his missionary journeys how to give to missions. How to reach the nations of the world. And he had a huge heart for reaching the, the nations. 
And he says the first church, he said they promised their offerings, but here the churches at Corinth were struggling with giving. They were struggling with, with seeing the need of reaching the nations. And so they were keeping everything in-house. So he's saying, I'm praying that God will call people to give sacrificially towards missions. The heart of the churches of Macedonia, they were lacking in resources, but their hearts were willing. And what happens is God began to do a supernatural work through the churches of Macedonia. In the Old Testament, Moses is preparing the people of Israel to build the tabernacle of God. And when it came to financing the Lord's work, God could have easily done it a million different ways, but he, they required each family to contribute some dollar amount. But folks, that's not what Moses said. In fact, in Exodus chapter 36, 35, verse 5, it says, Take from among you a contribution of the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution of gold and silver and bronze. In verse chapter 36, it says, They received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work of the sanctuary. And he says they still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning. So that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary come each from the task that he was doing. Verse 5 says, he said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work of the Lord had commanded us to do. Moses gave command that the word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained in their bringing. For the material that, was, uh, that they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Imagine this morning if the church of Jesus Christ got so on fire for missions, so uh, excited, and got so on, uh, you know, got on board that we literally had to say, hold on, everybody stop for a moment. We can't even process all of the money that's coming in and the projects that we're doing around the world, we've got to let them catch up because there's so much coming in. Imagine this morning, if every one of us were faithful in this area, we could call our missionaries in, in India and say, you know that church you're wanting to build? Go ahead. We've got the funds. You know that church plant in uh, uh, Nicaragua? Go ahead. We've got the funds. We've got a team that's on their way. We could support missionaries in a way that the church has never even imagined. There are so many projects around the world that could be accomplished, feeding the homeless and, and, and building wells and, and, and cities where there, there are no clean drinking water. We can make an impact with the gospel in ways that couldn't even be imagined. These were the people who had just left Egyptian bondage, and yet they were giving so sacrificially, it made such an impact they had to pause and allow it to catch up i like the words of peter drucker he said uh, what you have to do and the way you have to do it is incredibly simple he said whether you are willing to do it now that's another matter and if you've got teenagers uh there's an ability sometimes <laughs> there's not always the desire you know uh, there's a, a job to be done around the house. Maybe it's yard work, trimming the, the hedges. I mean, my kids split like the four corners of the, the earth uh, when there's an assignment like that. And you're like, we're going to be trimming the bushes or we're putting out mulch uh, this weekend. And it's like, boy, they're just gone. And everybody's uh, disappeared. They're on the phone. They're, I'm in the, in the bathroom. I mean, how long can you possibly, 
you know, I'm not going to go there, but that's what happens. Imagine this morning, every single one of them became so excited, God began to do a mighty work. It's incredibly simple. Whether we're willing, do we have a willing heart? Then secondly, he says that they had an open wallet in verse 7. Not only must we have a willing heart, but there must be a, an open wallet. Last week we talked about when God gives to us, if our hands are open, he will give to us what he can give through us. But if we're clenching it, if we're holding on to it, he can't give through us. What he wants to do is he wants us to be a, a vessel that he can use for his glory. So having that open wallet, verse 7 Paul told the Corinthian church to see that they excel in this act of grace also. What grace is that? He tells us in verse 2, In spite of their severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy, their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. In other words, their abundant joy, their deep poverty abounded, and it burst forth in generosity. Folks, it's the generosity of the church that fuels the mission of God. So as we are faithful in, in supporting the local church, faithful in supporting missions, we can reach the nations from right here in Raleigh. We can make a greater impact in seeing the nations of the earth come to faith in Christ. This morning as we look at the generosity of the churches of Macedonia, even though they appear to have nothing to offer, they were giving generously. You have no doubt heard about the pastor who stood up in front of his congregation. He says, folks, today we've got good news and bad news. The good news is we have all the money we need to do the work of the Lord. He said, the bad news is still in your wallet. And the reality is, is so often we go through life and you're like, we make excuses of why we can't or why God can't. But he wants to use us as the part of the process of making disciples so giving the missions may cost us something uh, we have a brand new starbucks across the street all right uh dave ramsey calls that five bucks all right because every time you go it's going to cost you at least five dollars and uh with four teenagers in the car you're going to be spending about 25 dollars uh by the time we all get through a, a starbucks but what it might, what it does is it's saying in order to support missions, all of us can do something. Maybe it's saying, I'm going to do one less Starbucks a week. I'm going to do one less trip to, to Costco where, you know, you walk around, everybody else do this, and you walk in, you've got a list of like five things, and you come out with two buggies. I mean, completely full. The holdernesses have a video of going to Costco, and you're buying things you never even knew you needed or wanted. Or didn't even know what it was. And all of a sudden you come out and you're, you've got enough stock to fill uh, three pantries full uh, of stock. And we can't put all these things in. Maybe we cut back on some of those things so that we can enable missionaries around the world to reach the lost. It might be packing a lunch instead of going out a couple days a week. So that we can have the resources to give to missions and open our wallets and our hearts to the call of God. Faith Promise Missions is really over and above our regular tithes and offerings. It supports, our tithes and offerings support the local church work here in the Triangle, but Faith Promise supports what we do beyond that and, and, and globally as we make an impact in, in cities and, and countries all around the world. Opening our wallets before God, be generous 
like the Macedonian church did. But it also requires a third thing, which is a move of faith. What would move a people who have nothing to give something so generously? You go a couple chapters over from chapter 8 over to chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. It says in verse 9, I don't want you to appear to be frightening you with my letters. Paul is writing, he says, his letters were often considered weighty and strong. But his bodily presence is weak. His speech of no account. He says, let such a person understand that what we say by letter when absent, we do when present. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who have who are commanding themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another, compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God has assigned to us. To reach even to you, for not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you, for we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. We did not boast beyond limit in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Here in verse 15, he says, as your faith increases, God continues to spread the scope of the gospel even further. All around the building, I see people this morning who have stepped out of their comfort zones in praying and giving and going. And folks, what it does is it revolutionizes not only the local church, it revolutionizes the global church. God forbid any of his work ever have to be put on hold because we aren't faithful to support the work of missions. God forbid us, it, it requires uh, effort on our parts. Just like you go to a gym there's a certain amount of resistance. You have to get your heart rate up. You have to work out if you want to see any real impact. An athlete grows through resistance. The same thing happens in our faith. As God begins to move in our hearts, that move of faith enables us to make a greater impact on the kingdom of God. Verse 7 says, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, and in knowledge, in all earnestness, in all our love for you, he says, see that you excel in this act of grace also. So, Pastor, what's the application this morning? As we look at how we do missions, all of us are to be praying. All of us have a responsibility. But, folks, it also requires us to go a step further. It requires us to give towards missions and be involved in making it possible so that Melissa, so that Pastor Fabio and Omar and Dave and Sarah and, and Greg and Wendy and, and people all over the world have the opportunity to impact the, with the gospel of Jesus. If you saw your missions booklet that you got when you came in this morning, open it up really quick. We're not going to have time. We're not going to go through it page by page this morning, but you will see a listing of organizations and missionaries that we support all around the globe and it has an, you have an opportunity to pray for them we have an opportunity to give and help support them we also have an opportunity to go and serve alongside of them and when i tell you that we have a a boots on the ground approach is we don't want to just send some money 
We want to go and serve. We want to see the nations declare the name of Jesus. And that's a privilege. It's a, it's a great honor. It's a great opportunity. In the middle of your book is, is a commitment card. We're not going to ask you to fill it out right now, but I want you to think about that. What would God have me to do in supporting missions in the next year? What would God have our church collectively to do in supporting? Maybe it's saying, hey, I'm going I'm to forgo a couple of Starbucks a week so I can give $10 a week towards worldwide missions. I'm going to maybe take a, a, a bag lunch to work a couple days a week and, and donate that money towards the work of funding the mission of God. How is God going to use us? Faith Promise Missions giving is an amount over and above our regular giving is designated to missions. If you're visiting today, please know we're not asking you to do anything. But folks, the, the privilege of the church is as God moves in our hearts and we respond in obedience, we get to. We don't have to, we get to participate in the work of God. That Faith Promise Missions card, as you as pull it out in a few moments, our band's going to begin to sing and they're going to pray about sending me. God, what, how would you send me? Is that going to be a, one of these mission trip opportunities that's listed later in the book? There's opportunities to go in 2023. Nicaragua, Romania, disaster relief trips. After Hurricane Ian, there's going to be years worth of rebuilding. You can be a part of something like that. The amazing thing is all of us can get involved somehow, some way. Praying, giving, going. In a few moments, we're going to... We're going to sing. You don't have to stand. You can, you can sit. It's going to be a, a, a new song. It's a song that we've adopted for this Missions Week. But I want you to be thinking about the words, send me. Because God's going to use our prayers. He's going to use our, our gifts. He's going to use ourselves as we're willing to give and go. To use, to share and declare the name of Jesus with the world. Everyone can do something. So we pray, ask the Lord what he would have you to do in supporting worldwide missions for the next year. Let's pray that God would use us to impact the nations of the world in this new year. Heavenly Father, Lord, would you speak to hearts this morning?